If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. As I entered the facility, I could all but bite down the aggravating anxiety that arose from my gut as I approached the main desk. The receptionist who resided behind it glanced up with a half-hearted smile. Hello, I began rather foolishly. I'm here for the Dreamweaver experiment. I saw the paper yesterday that volunteers were requested. The short, stout woman nodded her head up and down, passed me a clipboard and pen, and instructed me to fill out the provided questionnaire. As excitement overcame paranoia, I perched on a nearby chair and began to fill it out appropriately. It consisted of generalized medical questions and a sleep-related survey, asking me how long I generally slept and at what time I would awake from my slumber. There were some random questions in there as well, and it all appeared somewhat insignificant in my eyes. However, I assumed it was to trial a wide variety of people. The only question I saw relevant to the experiment was the final question which asked, How often do you dream? As that reoccurring feeling of being outcast returned, I ticked the box labeled, Never. I cannot pinpoint a single memory in my evanescing childhood where I had a dream, and truth be told, that is the exact reason I took an immediate interest in the experiment when I saw it advertised. An experiment to study how the brain replicates what it sees into dreams. A new machine, namely Dreamweaver, was capable of recording and replaying dreams. I handed the receptionist my form, and she took a small glance at the final inquiry about the frequency of my dreams. She must have been content, to my surprise, because she indicated to the double doors at the right and informed me that Dr. Mace will be waiting through there. She handed me back my form. Beyond the doors was a white labyrinth of busy scientists and bizarre contraptions being tested. Towards the end of the current corridor was a large glass room, and inside a small, jolly man, Dr. Mace, I assumed. He stood up upon noticing me. He shook my hand, took my questionnaire, and instructed me to sit before addressing me. Welcome, Mr... He paused to read the name written on the form. Andre. Well, thank you for your involvement in the Dreamweaver experimentation. 
Over the course of the following five days, your mind will be subjected to a video we have devised to test your subconscious memory. Your dreams will be monitored and your psychological processing will be recorded and replicated as an evidential video. Do you have any questions? I shook my head, thinking it wise not to interrogate Dr. Mace about how the machine could do such promises. I signed two further forms of consent before being led to a small dark room equipped with a chair, a large projector, and a pair of headphones. Once I was adjusted and left alone, the video began. It began as a flurry of faces and speech fragments compiled together in such a manner, caused my head to throb. There was a consistent crackle, an old-style effect which ran over the constant flashes of images, videos, and controversial snippets, all of which demonstrating a distressing theme or topic that I found occasionally difficult to watch. I must have witnessed around 30 faces within a minute's time, and at some points, I could have sworn that the face of Dr. Mace and other seen scientists cropped up. I thought nothing of it, as, after all, this was their video, and they were entitled to include themselves if so wanted. Unknown people continued to arise. However, by this point in the video... I had turned out the frenzy and instead focused my attention, indecisive, whether deliberately or subconsciously, on the figure who unnervingly seemed now predominant in the background. Whilst I wasn't sure when it appeared, it remained in the distance throughout. From the said distance, it was difficult to distinguish any set characteristics or features, all I could decipher at this point was its figure, fully black, tall and bulky with wide shoulders and elongated claws which stretched down to the floor. And while I could not see its eyes, or any of its face for that matter, something about its gaze was unsettling, it was unnatural, as if somehow it was returning my stare. The scenes began to escalate in severity, and yet I could not focus on them. I was drawn to this figure that emanated something dark and fearful that I simply couldn't describe in words. The video came to an end, and only now the impact of the cacophonous screaming, moaning, and shouting became apparent. My head pulsated, and my eardrums screamed for pity. I was returned to my room, assured by Dr. Mace that headaches were predicted side effects, and that I had nothing to be concerned about. I was now to get some rest. Two other scientists, Dr. Wester and Dr. Cole, connected me to the Dreamweaver. I had presumed that the machine would alight or make some sort of noise, but it remained dormant, perhaps as not to disturb my sleep. Within what, to me, felt like a second, I awoke by the radiant sunlight through the window. Groggily, I sat up, having no recognition, as usual, of even falling asleep. 
At first, I felt guilty that I had wasted their time and failed the dream experiment. But to my surprise, Dr. Mace came bursting in. Come quick, he demanded, guiding me to the room with the projector. It worked. It actually worked. Here, take a look. The projector started, and before my eyes appeared the room I had slept in, and I could see myself sat in the middle of the room. This... This is my dream? I asked. Well, yeah, it's what we call a third-person perspective. It's very common. I continued to watch, waiting for something to happen, looking around the screen desperately. And that's when I saw it. I didn't know, again, the point at which it appeared, whether it had been there from the beginning or whether it only just materialized, but I could see it clearly now beyond the window in the dark depths of my subconscious reality. It was the figure from the video, and similarly, I couldn't escape its glare. Its sinister stare was captivating. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That, I pointed slowly, that's from the video. What is it? Dr. Mace let out a brief chuckle, unexpectedly maniacal. (laughs) Well, that's the weaver, he said blatantly, as if I should have known this fact. Ah, He's nothing more than a feature of the video, that's all. There was nothing more on the topic. I was skeptical, yet I decided to go with what he said. The dream lasted a good hour, but nothing significant occurred, and I soon lost interest. Over the next few days, their experiment continued. I would watch the video, sleep, and rewatch my dream in a continuous cycle. According to Dr. Mace, the video remained the same. However, I believed it differently. I can't say whether what I thought was true or whether it was just my imagination, but the weaver seemed to get closer to the screen each night. By the fourth night, he was so close I could clearly determine his facial features. Dark, pitted eyes, so dark it was hard to decipher what was pupil and what wasn't. His smile was broad, upturned primitive and animalistic, and he continued to look at me, look back beyond the screen, unmoving and unblinking. My dreams became progressively distressing too. 
The previous silence was now replaced with constant whispers, although what was said remained a mystery. Chants and shouts, along with the dull, static sound. I would walk around the room, punch and kick the walls, rock back and forth, and demand that the torment should stop. The weaver had most certainly advanced to the point where he loomed at the glass of the window, tapping loudly on the pane with its bony claws, with a berserk smile plastered on its face. When Night 4's video came to a chilling end, Dr. Mace nodded slowly at the other scientists behind him, and I was taken back to my room, much earlier than usual. However, this time, the procedure was somewhat different. I heard the door locked behind me. Thank you for your cooperation, Mr. Andre. The experiment is almost complete. Dr. Mace murmured, his footsteps disappearing down the hallway, leaving me in the silence and solitude of my own company. It was strange. I hadn't been wired up to the Dreamweaver and had not been shown the peculiar video that day. Why? I moved toward the ghastly machine, pulling on the wires, attempting to remember where they were connected previously, and it was this exact point that I noticed something was missing. The machine had no power cable, nor was there a socket for it to plug into. I'd neither noticed nor cared beforehand, but now I got a strange chill that ran down the entirety of my back, a cold sensation of fear, dread, and realization. The machine had no power. The machine wasn't real. Only now did I notice something peculiar in the room, yet another thing that I had failed to see. In the top right corner of the room, above the door, was a small security camera. I steadily approached, placing each footstep cautiously until I stood directly beneath it. I could see my reflection staring back at me, and from this reflection, I saw not only my own terrified self, but the room around me at the same angle I was seeing in the videos. Perfectly tucked out of direct sight, it gave a broad view of the room from a third-person perspective that I had slept in for the last four days. The window where that... that thing had visited me nightly. The chilling sting of reality hit me hard. The tapes I had watched were not my dreams. They were video footage. The room became cold, dark, and empty. My body was overwhelmed by a level of terror I deemed impossible. My breathing shallowed, my skin elapsed into a cold sweat, and my mind burned in the flames of fear as I couldn't help but notice that something mad and maniacal lurked in the shadowy corners of my peripheral vision. It had returned for me. I turned my head. And as I did, the imminent silence was shattered. Whispering tore from nowhere, and yet it was everywhere, each whisper overlapping another in repetition. The weaver has seen you. He's coming for you.
And once he's seen you, there is no escape. It remained to be the most predominant of statements which swarmed into the room. The static buzz returned too, a form of numbness in my head that made me twitch uncomfortably. The weaver was standing beside the window, with an animalistic gargle emanating from his hideous throat. Saliva oozed from its interlocking fangs and dispersed as it snapped its neck a few times at freakishly aberrant angles before locking its perverse pits of eyes upon me. It took a looming step towards me, the steady outstretch of its bony, bulky limb whilst keeping its devilish head fixed upon me. Each stride brought it no less than a meter closer to my position against the wall, and each time the distance between us decreased, the severity of the situation intensified. Whispers quickly escalated into deafening bellows, screams, and shouts, and moans. The buzzing had become a constant loud weir that echoed off the walls and clung to my ears tightly. The weaver took its long, continuous strands until it stood just inches from my face. Its hot, clammy breath fell upon my skin as if continued to snap its neck and fingers, each time with a more sickening crack. I was drawn to its eyes. I couldn't look away as it opened its gaping jaws, revealing rows of needle-like canines I began to feel a burning sensation that spread across my entire body in seconds. I could only describe it as of being thrown into a live, raging fire. And yet, I did not flinch. I couldn't do anything except for gaze acceptingly into the eyes of death. The noise around me fell away to a whisper in my ears. The weaver's seen you now. It lifted its arm and took my neck in the cold embrace of its claws. They felt like ice and brought somewhat of a comfort to the magma under my skin. I had little idea of what was happening. I was lost in its eyes, transfixed in its ghastly gaze. It continued to breathe heavily, taking long raspy breaths as if it were struggling for air. Its claws, long blades of skin and bone, tightened slicing into the soft, warm flesh of my neck. I felt no pain, only strange discomfort. I could feel the hot, sticky blood ooze down onto my chest, ooze down onto its constricting digits. The area that was visible to me began to shrink, as if a final darkness grew from all corners of my sight. The whispering was silenced. Everything was silenced. The only thing that remained was the weaver. And I began to wheeze. The struggle for breath escalated alarmingly, and yet I still felt too compelled by its empty pits of eyes not to escape its grasp. There was little point in retaliation. The weaver had me now. In the final ten seconds or so, it may have been shorter as each second felt like an eternity, the pain kicked in, suddenly and overpoweringly, the agony which screamed where my flesh was torn and sliced, 
was finally heard. I was unable to broadcast my pain. The only sound that escaped my throat was a pathetic, woeful rasp. The weaver gave a small, satisfied smile at my pain and cocked its dark head at a slight angle with a small snap. In its hoarse, grating voice, it slowly uttered the final words I would ever hear. The final words any of its unfortunate victims would hear. You saw me, and I saw you, and now you are mine. The weaver tightened his claws until he had a firm grip around the mutilated neck before turning his hand. There was a sickening crack which brought a seemingly psychotic grin to the weaver's face as he watched the bloodied body slump to the ground. It turned towards the camera, readjusting its neck. The experiment was now over. The weaver had claimed another victim for his video. Somebody else to control. And now he requires somebody new. But that's okay. Because he's seen you now. <laughs>